I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against it. Your proposition may be good, but let's have one thing understood. Whatever it is, I'm against it. And even when you've changed it or condensed it, I'm against it. I'm opposed to it. On general principles, I'm opposed to it. Hey, I'm Michael Patton. I'm really excited about this because I am going to be able to shut down everything that Samson says. And I should be able to do that because I'm the president of Credo House Ministries and I've got this THM from DTS. Now listen to what he has to say. Hey, I'm Samson Kovach. I'm from the Theology Pit and I'm really excited that Michael's going to shut down everything that I have to say. Uh, that's, that makes me excited. I have a MAR from uh, TSM. <laughs> I'll just, I'll say it like that. This is Divergent Theology, where we take topics, Michael and I both have bit different backgrounds theologically, and we sort of clash them together, and we, we see what happens when the world of theology actually doesn't agree with itself. What I'm going to be doing here in this episode is we're going to talk about the way I'm understanding the relationship between faith and justification, okay. and, and how it differs from everything else. So, what what we basically outlined was that no matter what, no matter how we sliced it, Protestantism. Let me let me see if I can give the outline. Go for ahead, you yeah, please do. It, please see do. if I got it right. Okay, so so far we've got this uh, this idea within Protestantism a focus upon faith, and and the the faith has become so central it has displaced the object of our faith, and therefore when we're talking about you know having faith or uh, faith bringing about justification, then faith itself becomes some type of uh, not, not just an instrument, but an instrument that you have to use in order to be justified. Therefore, it is a work that has to be implemented. Whatever it's given to you, whatever it's infused in you, however you put it, it's still the same. You still have to exercise it in order to be saved, and you may have to exercise it continually through the grace of God to be saved. Am I getting this good? I think so. Yeah, I think that you summarized that really well. I mean, the only thing that okay. I would add to it besides work is um, the idea of merit and just defining merit as anything that you do that motivates God to look favorably upon you. But I think gotcha. that you, yeah, I, I think that you, you pretty much summarized in, in, in one nice statement, the, the broad view of Protestantism with the relationship to, um, to faith and merit. And, yeah. um, there's, there's really three central. And, and did I, did I express your problem with it? Because last yeah, time you yeah, really did. I, okay. Yeah. And, 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 and hopefully I did a, a good job in these last few episodes in, um, showing, you know, what, each, um, not necessarily tradition, but what each view kind of holds to and the tension that's there, the very strong tension that's, yeah. that's pushing it towards that, like work-like mentality, Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, well, and I'm enjoying, I enjoy this. I enjoy really thinking about these things that, you know, you think you've already got down. There's so much of your theology that you really think you have down, but you know, it's taking that little bit apart and putting it back together. And I'm enjoying this. I think you've mm -hmm. taken it apart. Well, okay. Thank you. And, and well, this is, I mean, honestly, if we, if we could think about like, how do you do Semper Reformanda? I think that this is a really good way of doing it. Just looking yeah. back through what oh, have yeah. we done? Yeah. What do we think? And, and, and you're you know, right. What, and Semper Reformanda has always been big to you. So explain mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah. So that's just always reforming that we're not reforming for the sake of reforming, you know, just, just for its own sake. But as God, um, you know, brings things through the Christian community and brings up these questions that we take an honest look at it. And, and one, one thing my, uh, my, my presbytery said to me was, um, you know, but before I agreed to, um, you know, join their, their denomination was that we do not treat the Westminster confession as the Bible. We treat the Bible as the Bible. And sometimes we start doing that with our doctrine and we look at it and, and it, it comes to the point where somebody asks you a question. Well, I can't tell you what anyone thinks now, but I can tell you what they thought four or 500 years ago. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we think. And so that's, and, and and I know in the theology program, you've discussed the difference between tradition and tradi- and traditionalism. Yeah. And, um, and, and really, you know, what is tradition, but you know, peer pressure from dead people, let's be honest, yeah. you know, but, um, but there's three, uh, with doing Semper Reformanda, you know, it's just, it's just always reforming, always kind of thinking, uh, uh, about that. Um, so there's, there, there's three different, I guess, f- focuses or foci, I, I suppose, um, would be the right word when it comes to this. And, um, anthropocentric is the first one okay. that, um, this is man centered, that man is doing something. The other is theocentric. Okay. And that is God centered that um, and that would fall under the idea of the decrees and, and those sort of things taking place. And the third one, I think, that gets the least amount of notice is the Christocentric view. Yeah. And um, the Christocentric view is highlighted depending on the scholars that you read. I mean, you brought up um, in, in the last series that we did, uh, you brought up Douglas Moo. You know, yeah. and, and, and his commentary. Well, if you read his commentary on Galatians and then you read someone like uh, Martinius C. DeBoer's commentary yeah. on Galatians, you see a very different approach to them. And as yeah. my my um, professor said when I when I took Galatians, he said, uh, you know, in 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 the sake of interest, um, Mu is boring and DeBoer is interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I can agree with that because Lou Lou's actually my favorite commentary. Oh, I mean, well, really well, good, good for you. But it, you know what? Other guys better than Moo. Then, well, I, I actually like that series and the way that series is put together. Yeah. So that that helps. Sometimes I, I, it isn't put together well. You know, like I don't really like the. Um, the uh, evangelical commentary on the New Testament. I don't like the Greek New Testament commentary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, but I do like that one. Yeah. And uh, well, the thing, I, I think my, um, I, don't, word, I, I don't want to say word biblical commentary. That's the worst to me. Yeah. Well, well, it's like with, I had to do a, um, a review of Moose commentary and, and to be honest, like a, a friend of mine and I were in the same class together. And we said he could have cut 200 pages out of that commentary. It's, it's almost like he, <laughs> it was, it was almost like, listen, he's getting paid by the page and, you know, come H E C K or high water, he was going to have 400 pages of that commentary. Yeah. And that yeah. was it, you know, where, you know, but, but it was, it was like what I expected where, you know, DeBoer was, it was really interesting in the, in the direction that he went with the apocalyptic understanding of, of Paul and, and, and that sort of thing. And, um, uh, Martin, also is is another one that's is pretty good. But one of the things that DeBoer does that's really interesting uh, in Galatians is that he looks at the third chapter of Galatians when it's talking about faith, and he sees it as being personified because faith and Christ are so interchangeable within that that he yeah. he makes that 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 connection and says that Christ is the faith. 
okay. that has come. So when we when we kind of move in that direction and we take a Christocentric understanding of justification and say, what would this look like? You know, what would it look like if we we said, let's remove the order salutis, any of them. Let's just get them, you know, out, out of the way and sure. and and look at this afresh. Let's let's remove divine decrees let's remove like all of that stuff and just say historically and and from what we've looked at in these past episodes what would this view you know look like and so um what i i I want to say before i i move into this is that with this view i'm not saying that any of the other views of justification are wrong i'm just saying that it's possible they're incomplete yeah Okay. And just like with the atonement theory, I'm not going to stand here and say that, you know, any, any one of the atonement theories are wrong. I'm going to say by themselves, they're incomplete. Except for ransom to Satan. Um, I, well, even, even that I would say is, Come on, is don't try in, to be so, you're, it's you're, inco- su- you're such a divergent person. It's incomplete because uh-huh. it's the ransom to it's Satan. Wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but there is a ransom. That, that takes place. So, you know, so, so it's just not the Satan. So there's the difference, but, but I mean, but you can see the merit in a lot of them and, and any of them, you would take it and you would say that, okay, okay, look, if this is, if, if you're trying to make the argument that it's this or the highway, then I would say that you're, you're in error there, but the view itself, I would just say is just incomplete. And once we put all this together, that's what we have. So I don't want, I don't want anybody like watching this or listening to this, thinking that I'm saying that whatever your view on justification is and whatever you, you hold to that you're wrong. I'm just, I'm, I I just, hopefully I'm going to be able to demonstrate where all the parts kind of fit together and how they fit together um, a little bit differently. So I'm actually going to be presenting a new sociological understanding of the doctrine of justification by faith. And I'm going to do it. And this is, this is going to be the tricky part. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to preserve the doctrine historically while remaining biblically based and theologically sound within the church's teachings. It's a tall, it's a tall order. It, it, it really is. Okay. And as a bonus, I mean, I, if I were me, I would just use subterfuge. Yeah, but I'm not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> but, but because I know that, you know, this is primarily going to be a Western audience scrutinizing this, yeah. that I'm going to add a bonus in where I'm going to show where the individual and the individual's faith falls in with this okay. justification understanding. Yeah. Okay. So this is a whole, this is going to be a, a, a new paradigm and I'm going to call it the TPC view of justification for the theological paradigmatic canonic. Oh, Hey, I didn't see you there. I am Samson Kovach. I'm the co-host of divergent theology and the host of uh, the theology pit here to take a moment of your time to, you know, shamelessly plug some of our stuff that we do. Now, I know you've been asking yourself while you're watching these episodes of Divergent Theology, hey, how can I become a Divergent Theologian? Well, that's a great question. First thing you have to do, well, you have to know why you believe what you believe. And the reason for that is because you have to know what's in the realm of, let's say, non-heresy and the realm of heresy. You have to know how far you can go and diverge in each direction and still remain an Orthodox Christian. What's that? <laughs> yes, the best way to go about doing that, in my opinion, is to go to 
credohouse.org. Now, what I would recommend is you start off with the discipleship program. Discipleship program is a great way to get an introduction into, you know, what you believe as a Christian. It's broken down into uh, 10 sessions here. Michael's done a good job with this. Uh, looking at the Bible, mankind, the Trinity, Jesus, faith, like um, living with God, those sort of things. Um, it's in, you know, two separate sections, but this is if you really are new to the faith or kind of you're thinking of a way, hey, how in my church can I teach something? It's a great, uh, great ministry tool. But you're saying, Samson, look, I'm already a Christian. I've been a Christian a while. I want to go deeper. Oh, okay. We have the theology program here. I would say you start off with your introduction to theology. You can all find all of this stuff, credohouse.org, and uh, go through the six-course program, and you'll know a little bit more about why you believe what you believe. Now, as a divergent theologian, and I've you know taught and worked with uh, Credo House, even back when it was called Reclaiming the Mind, um, on my podcast, you notice... The Theology Pit, where you can go to theologypit.com, you can get great things like mugs and shirts. I have some new shirts that I've made up, says I can do all things through scripture taken out of context. Support the ministry that way. You'll notice that I diverge a little bit more. I am neither a Calvinist nor am I an Arminian. I'm free to do that. Uh, there are other things out there, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But that's where you can be a divergent theologian. So check out the sites. Check out the the books and all the wonderful resources that we have at both of these sites and the podcasts. Don't forget Theology Unplugged, one of the biggest podcasts, theological podcasts on Apple. Another nice little tip when you're learning Greek, use cards. Use your Greek cards as bookmarks. It's great. Apocrinomai. <laughs> Answer indeed. Oh, Michael, what are you thinking? Uh, Man, yeah. that's too big a word to be. Just come up with something different right now. TPC view? That's yeah. why I'm calling it that. <laughs> sure. Fine. The biblically Christological view. There you go. <laughs> there How about go. that? Okay. That won't irritate I, I anybody. Can, I can pull that one off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, so what I'm going to say here first off is that our, our view of justification by faith is a trilateral understanding. Okay, and it's a trilateral understanding of the faith of the justifying agent for the one who is not righteous. Okay. Okay. So it's based on someone else. Yeah. All right. So it's someone who is righteous and doesn't need to be justified. Okay. Therefore, their faith that they possess can only be for the benefit of another. Okay. And I'm speaking, again, I'm speaking only in justification. I'm not talking about sanctification. I'm not talking about glorification. Just in justification here. Yeah. All right. So if we look at the theological function of faith, which is the, the righteousness of God and the faith and faithfulness of, of Jesus Christ, then necessarily the faith of Christ cannot merit justification for himself. I think that we would all agree with that. We would the say... Faith, the faith... Uh of Christ or in Christ, did you say? No, 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 okay. Jesus Christ's faith can't yeah. merit justification for him because he does not need to be justified. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, I just, just, just so we're, 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 we're clear on like where we're starting here. 
Uh, yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, and, and he has an eternally perfect faith anyways. So it's not like his faith needs to increase. It's not like, you know, something needs to happen or and anything like that. Yeah. Therefore, his faith acts on behalf of another who is in need of being justified. Okay. Okay. And this justification is not attained by Christ's faithfulness to the law. Because Paul teaches in Galatians 2.21 that if righteousness could come through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Okay. So um, Christ's faithfulness— this, this is a little bit different turn here. Mm -hmm. So Christ's faithfulness is, is to our benefit in sanctification and glorification and should be understood within salvation— as a whole, you know, salvation proper and Christ's faithfulness to God through the cross enables us to partake of this faith so that as, as Paul says in second Corinthians five twenty one, so that in him, we would become the righteousness of God. Okay. Okay. So yep. the faith and faithfulness of Christ and the righteousness of God, a warranted um, belief in the one who declares the ungodly to be righteous. Romans okay. four five. All right, yeah. So the evidence that God is righteous and Christ is faithful is manifested in those who have been declared just. Those justified believe on the God who makes the dead alive and summons the things that do not exist as though they already do. Romans 5, 17. So the manifestation, um, no, that might actually might be Romans 4, 17. Sorry, that, <laughs> I had a typo here. Um, so the manifestation, the manifestation of evidence of that the theological function of faith is reality is that the faith is given as a seal by the Holy Spirit for the veracity of God's righteousness. Uh, is there any way you put that down in just one sentence, short sentence? Yes. If what that was, God, that was very heavy. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the first part of this trilateral understanding is that if God is truly righteous, and uh, Jesus Christ is truly faithful, then there is going to be a physical manifestation of that within anyone who is a believer. Okay. And okay. that, and that, and that is the evidence that Jesus Christ is faithful and God is righteous. So you're saying there's going to be evidence of this faith in, in as far as works are concerned. They're going to do something, whether it's they're love gonna, God, well, trusting God. Or yeah, whatever. they're going to believe in God. They're going to trust in God that okay. this is that first part of the faith. So this is that okay. first understanding of, of what faith is. Okay. And um, there, I mean, I, Paul makes this... Um, uh, uh, this point through um, different uh, chiastic structuring in, in um, some of his works that I found really interesting. And we're not going to get into all that because that's really when, um, when you speak about chiasm or uh, chiastic structures uh, on, if someone's just listening, it's going to be very difficult to, to follow along. So um, I'm just going to ask that you trust me on that <laughs> and I'll post mm -hmm. it somewhere and just tell people, Hey, you can go check it out. But um the, the places that, that you can find it are um, Galatians 2.16, um, that uh, Lewis Martin found a chiastic structure within there that's that's really interesting. And if um, Romans uh, chapter um, 3, verses 21 through 5.2, if that is like an expanse on Galatians 2.16, we should see the same type of chiastic structure. So those are just the, those those two things real quickly, but I'm not going to get into the, the details on those. Okay. So that's the, so that's basically the, the first leg of this stool. 
of what okay. faith is and and more or less how it's it's come are, are to be all in the three reality legs of it. telling us what faith is yes so all of this is faith. So this one idea, this one concept of the word faith is going to encompass all of this. So okay. you see so how it's defining, a lot. Defining faith, and we got a triangle underneath, and mm -hmm. the, the first part is that faith itself is from uh, the, the faithfulness of the one who has it, uh, not the one who is given to it. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, and what it does is, is it that goes back to what we talked about last time, right? Yeah. The passages that can be, can be translated, mm -hmm. uh, in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's all, it's all a part of it. So that's the, the theological function <laughs> of faith. All right. The next one is the paradigmatic function of faith. And this is the faith. It's, it's the understanding of faith within justification that's specifically for the benefit of another. Okay. OK, so this is the faith that comes from God through Christ's faith and is exercised by the church in as both corporate and individual. OK, so the relationship of those who have faith for the benefit of someone else has been demonstrated in you know the works of Cyril of Jerusalem. I talked about that before in his catechism and, and when he's talking about faith and he's giving these different these different points of, um, you know, Lazarus being raised from the dead. Like whose whose faith was that that raised yeah. him from the dead? Um, the the uh, paralytic who was um, uh, let down through the. Um, the thatch roof in, in, in Mark and, you know, who, who had the faith there? Was it his friends that brought him, you know? So this is where the paradigmatic understanding of faith is that faith of, of believers actually has an impact on other people. Okay. And we can look at this to say, well, this is why we would say that prayer works. This is why, you know, the gospel message has power. This is why it goes out because it is with this, this faith of Christ, you know, as the body of Christ, as we're taking this out, that actually has a, uh, a type of authority to it and a type of power that, that moves and changes people. So okay. it is a, a faith that somebody does not possess, but the effects of that faith from someone that does have it is effective or effectual on them. Okay. So, uh, um, you may explain this in the last point, but in this one, then you have people who are, are looking to Christ. Are you talking now kind of almost in the, uh, the, the example theory of the atonement? I know it's not the atonement, but placing this on faith and saying Christ's example has effects upon our faith by making us follow in the same footsteps. Is that it? Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's a part of it. So, okay, this has, think of it, think of it more from a missions perspective. Okay. okay. Um, and, and um, uh, Romans 10, you know, Paul rhetorically saying, you know, how are they to call on one they haven't you know believed in? How are they to believe in the one they haven't heard of? How are they, I mean, the whole thing is that in, unless you go out and you take this faith, because if you're a Christian and Christ, his faith was for you, then the faith that you possess has been given to you, not for your benefit, but actually for the benefit of someone else. You need to take that faith, which is Christ, to someone else. And that's the, the right. paradigmatic function. And I think that that's what, what Paul's getting at in, in Romans 10 there with you know people going out. So the faith itself, that, that it's not an example then, it is the actual faith that you're taking of Jesus that, that he, that he had his faithfulness. You're taking that and you're, you're telling other people about that. So it's kind of like in another way you put it, 
I mean, I know it's, it's more complex than this, but in another way, you are uh, looking to Christ and you're saying, look at what Christ did. Look what he, he you know, how how he uh, lived his life for us and was obedient. And look what, uh, and basically it's look at his faith for us. And since he did that, then we want to adopt it ourselves. No, take it one step further than that. The okay. faith that you're taking is Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Okay. And this is why... Um, Miracles can be performed in, um, in, in, in the sight of unbelievers. Okay. I'm, I'm really not getting okay. this one. Though. Okay. So the, the faith is Jesus Christ. Yes. I mean, okay. Whenever I think of faith, I think of uh, an action. Mm-hmm. I think of a, a, of a, uh, a place where you're, you're resting in, in Christ. You're, you're, uh, ceasing from your works and trusting, uh, but then you say it is Christ. I don't see the, uh, like you got ontological values for things. The ontology of faith, it, it doesn't exist, but the ontology of Christ does. He's a person, flesh and bones. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to put those two together okay. and say, okay, the, now are we redefining faith to such a degree that now it doesn't really mean the same thing I thought it did. And so we need a different definition for it. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying throw away your old understanding. I'm saying okay. that your, your, your old understanding is incomplete. Hey, thanks for listening to Divergent Theology. You can visit our websites at credohouse.org or thetheologypit.com and make a donation. Support the ministry that way. Now, here's a quick look at next week's Divergent Theology. Perhaps um, missions should not be under um, uh, ecclesiology, but missions should be under theology proper. Because this is the way that God does. God is constantly coming out and seeking us and bringing us back. And so this paradigmatic function of faith is is us being those workers and us going out and, and reaching and grabbing people.